Welcome back to Words from the Woods, a Trails Rock podcast. Have you ever said the phrase to yourself, running is my therapy? If so, this episode is for you. Lauren Idzik, a local mental health professional and trail runner, joins us today as we recognize May as Mental Health Awareness Month. If you need help, we hope this episode gives you the resources and the courage to find your voice. We want you to be running with us for many years to come. There ain't no shame in the therapy game. But for real, we are here for you. We'll talk about the phrase above, we'll provide some local resources, and we each share some really cool stories by providing an article that we found about the trail running world and mental health that really resonated with us. So with that, let's get to it and find out, can running truly be your therapy? All right, we're back. All right, we are really excited to be joined today by a very special guest um, for Mental Health Awareness Month. So we really think that this is an important topic, and so we're glad that Lauren Idzik is here to join us. She is a licensed social worker, correct? and she's been working in the mental health field for 15 years. So she has lots of experience um, working in that field, but also is a really accomplished ultra runner. So Lauren, welcome. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited for today. One thing that I think has been happening recently, or at least people have been sharing more recently amongst our group of running friends is that, that uh, more folks are um, utilizing therapy than I think have in the past. And I think there was a sense of almost shame around some of it. And so for Mental Health Awareness Month, we really wanted to bring some professionalism to the table here and some resources. Uh, but first, we want to talk a little bit about you because we want our listeners to get to know our guests a little bit. And at its core, this is a running podcast, even though we cover a ton of different topics. Um, but you're here because you're in the running community with us, right? So yes. um, I guess that's the first bit of it, right? Like, how did you get started in running? What, what brought you so trail running. Gotcha. So, um, oh gosh, 20 years ago now, I was, wasn't a healthy person and needed to get healthier. So, um, did things to like nutritionally and physically. So started running back then okay. I was in my thirties and then mm -hmm. as like anyone else, you start doing certain things and then the goals just change. <laughs> so I can't go faster. So I'll go further. You know, I'm done with roads. Now I'm going to try trails. Yeah. So it came into the, the running community doing ultras. And actually, I wasn't introduced to trails until ultras. Interesting. Yes. So what was your first ultra? My first, my first ultra oh, can I ever. Guess? What? I'm going to guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a road one. It is a road and one. And it's mm -hmm. like relatively local. Uh, yes, because I'm originally not from Rochester. I'm Buffalo. So I've oh, just moved too. to Rochester three years ago. Oh no! So that ruins my guess. No, you're. I was your either going right. to say Can Lakes. That's, I was the yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, that's, yes. that's, that's, <laughs> that was I was it. thinking Can Lakes. I'm like a point. Yes, yes. So Can Lakes was your first ultra, and Correct. then how did you transition from Can Lakes, which is a road race, mm -hmm. into trails? Like where did that? The mended fifty k. Okay, is yeah. the, was my first trail ultra. That okay. was mine as well. Okay, that's so funny. Yes. yes. Um, and so what do you? run primarily roads or trails or you do kind of a mix both i'm not a heavy um technical trail runner and mm -hmm. for those folks who know chris reynolds mm -hmm. she <laughs> would tell me that you run on paths <laughs> <laughs> so funny. you know i like genesee valley lehigh you know those types mm -hmm. of things and recently um i started getting into multi-day just self-supported okay. so we uh actually this was three weeks ago chris Reynolds and I yeah. did the canal from Rochester to I was Syracuse. Just you just did a really yeah. big. Yeah. And so that was fun. So those types of. A, so you like, sort of planned out what you needed to do, carry where you were going to stop, all yep. that stuff along the way. Correct. That's yes. exciting. It was That's fun. Really it was cool. a fun adventure. Yeah. That's very cool. Did you stay like, what did you do at night? Airbnb. Okay. I wasn't sure if there's like places to camp along the way or we, we're looking at that. But the hard thing, like if we were bike packing, right. it would be different, it'd yeah. be easier, but the tent on the back. Right. But I did find much. one for the next time. 
and it is <laughs> 1.4 pounds. Yeah, oh, nice. And Correct. I love that there's a next time. So yep. experience. <laughs> there is a bike event that, that yeah. does the whole canal. And I, I know about it because I used to work in the residential life at Nazareth College. Okay. And that was one of the stop offs. Oh. So some people would camp out in the fields or whatever, but gotcha. other people would rent the rooms. Oh, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Um, so they would use the dorms in the summer for that event, but they would stop here. They would stop in Syracuse. And then there was like, stuff going on each of those nights for people that were stopping along the way. So it was like, get from here to here, mm-hmm. here to here each day. And so it was kind of like a stage race for, for riding the canal. It's kind of neat. So you sort of did the, the same thing, but on foot did the and foot part, yes. all organized on your own. And Correct. how many miles was that? It was about 102, 101 oh and a half over four days. Nice. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a long way. How was the weather? Great. It yeah. was like 60, 65, sunny. No. You hit that stretch of like I was dry just going to say that perfect time. In, in, in May in Western New York, you nailed it. Yeah, it <laughs> real was, hit or miss. Could yeah. not have gotten any better. Wow, how about that? Mm-hmm. Very cool. So you, I feel like I always see you running at Durand. Yes, um, I run at Durand. Yes, <laughs> because we also run at Durand mm-hmm. a lot because it's kind of close to us and it's close to you. Same thing, yes. um, but do you have other, I know you mentioned some of the, the local paths, if you will, <laughs> um, but do you have other favorite trails to run on or other favorite local events that you like? I like your, and I always say it wrong, not the first one. I don't like that one as much because it's Durand and I'm there a lot. Yeah. But that's the Awaka Awaka. Park. Yeah, yeah, that's a fun, for a loop, yeah, that is a great trail. Like, it's a great loop. You don't feel like you're doing loops. Right. And yeah. it's like a couple different loops, too. That changes. Yeah, and it changes. Like, that's the best. I, nice. I talk about that all the time. I'm yeah. like, all race directors need to think of this. <laughs> so, yes. That no, is a Michael Ballone yeah, creation. He, well, because we were like, hey, we'll do half of it one way, and then we'll do half of it another way, like the other direction. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, do you think we could just do a totally different loop? And then Sheila and, and Belong went out. I think he went out. I don't yeah. think I was part of that. Came up with a new loop. So yeah. now there's, you know, half of it on one loop, half of it on another. And it's never the same which one we start on. Yeah. <laughs> but we those loops to, are really Well, we nice. try to base it on the weather. Because yeah. one of the loops oh. is, is a little bit more field. Oh, good So point. if it's going to be a hot, sunny day, we like to get that field done earlier. So mm-hmm. then they're in the woods. Not in the sun. Yeah. Because yeah. it's in the sun. Right. And you just kind of bake. Because gotcha. of all the big, tall grass on either side of the trail. Yeah. Yeah, I just did the English Ridge Ramble. Oh yeah, how yeah. was that? Hot. That was yeah. the eighty-seven degree oh, day. <laughs> so speaking of a, it was Serengeti, the oh, Serengeti at Green Lake. Yeah. yeah. Holy hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't handle heat well either. Like mm-hmm. running, I prefer it to be cooler than. Yeah, I did the first loop was fine. The second loop it was way too hot, and I knew I would time out in the third, so I had to drop after twenty. Okay. Yeah. Well, which was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But 20 is nothing to sneeze at. Exactly. Yeah, no, I was 100% fine with that. Yeah. So you've you've done a lot of races in your, since you've sort of, would you do races, events? What would you call them? Um, I, I mean, endurance events, but yeah, yeah. races I've yeah. done. I don't, some folks count them. I have never done that. Like yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I was just yeah. going to say, I have no idea. I can tell you how many hundreds I've finished just because I have the belt buckles, but right. that's <laughs> How it. many? Six. <laughs> Which is wild. So I've attempted nine. I finished six. That's sure. impressive. What yeah. are those six? Oh. Um, Here we go. And all right. Uh, now I have to think about it. Um, Indiana Trail. I did that one. Th- well, I attempted three, finished two. Okay. okay. Um, Beast. I was just going to say, you've done beast. Yeah, I've the done, I finished that twice, one summer, one winter. Okay, so, so you got the two, double. Four. Pine Creek yeah. is five. What is my six? I'm missing one. See, you ran so long, you don't remember. Yeah, don't even remember. Oh, New Jersey was my first one. Okay. New Jersey Trail. Before okay. they changed the trail to what it is now. Okay. Right. So it was this great, like, lollipop. Mm-hmm. It was a two-sided yeah. lollipop. Right. It yeah. was really nice. Okay. And I and you'll have to remind me, I'm pointing at things for folks who are listening. So <laughs> you'll have to remind me that this is auditory. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No video for this. Yeah. We're not on YouTube <laughs> yet. Did you prefer um, Beast Summer or Beast Winter? I'm always um, curious what people like better. I felt better at Beast Winter. Okay. I do, I do not like that course at all. Truthfully, <laughs> I don't know if there's um, anything to like about it. No, it's just I the, love it. It's a challenge. Yeah, point to point, the canal. I love that idea, yep. the back mm-hmm. and forth. But the Beast Winter was more fun in that I just felt good. It was just yeah. a fun race. So yeah. essentially, in that race, you run along the Erie Canal, 
Um, you kind of go one way for what, 12 and a half 12 miles? 12 and a half. It's and four then, loops. And then you come back. Yep. And then you do that again. So mm -hmm. to get the 100 miles, you have to do that four times. And you cross the canal at, on either end. <laughs> and the so, worst mm -hmm. part of that race is the last two miles because you see the finish. Yeah. And but you, you have keep to keep going. going and come back to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's right across the canal. And it's the, cold the winter because we've crewed in the winter a couple oh, yeah. of times in the winter. And it is so at 2 a.m. in February on the canal. I'm always <laughs> super impressed by everybody's whatever hardiness, you mm -hmm. know, to keep mm -hmm. going. But then I think about the summer and I'm like, oh my God, that's got to be brutal also because you're just it's in the out sun in the and it's there's, hot. Yeah, there's no trees. Well, there's some. Yeah, I was just going to say. But not like this end of the canal, it's a, a little more protected. Yeah. Like the Grease End, Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, but out there not many in Lockport. That's why it doesn't port, really yeah. seem like there's yeah. any protection from the sun. Yeah, You're very minimal. Out in it. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Grinding out. Mm -hmm. Correct. So, um so I think you know one of the things that we're talking about today, um, but it's also kind of personal to all of us is like that that term like um running is my therapy, but also about like why running is great for our mental health just in general. Mm -hmm. Right. So like if I, maybe all three of us can answer this one. Like maybe you can start for us. Like, why do you think like personally running is, is good for your mental health? Um, personal, just anecdotal, no science yeah, behind exactly. it. It's just, um, a, a you're outside. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I'm, most folks, I know me, I love being outside mm -hmm. in all weather, yeah. mm -hmm. right. Even in the winter. Um, and it's time away. I technology, I'll shut it off and bring it out if I want to take pictures. So right. it's time away from technology time on just time outside. I live in a great place now. I love being near the water. So for me, that's the mental health part of it, mm -hmm. right? Just, just not being at work, not being at home, just being out. And the only thing I'm doing is running. Yeah. yeah. And that's the best part. Of I it. bet if we were going to dive into two of those statements with actual mental health professionals, being outside and being near <laughs> water are two things that a have really documented have helped people's mental health. Like they say, if you can, see water like once a month it changes mm -hmm. your outlook it's also like a really interesting study from technology so it's like yes. three things that you just hit on yeah, that i feel like are mm -hmm. what about you um i kind of agree with what you're saying i think i have a brain that sometimes doesn't turn off and so for me sometimes running can be almost like meditative because you i mean my brain will go 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 and then eventually if i run for long enough it just stops <laughs> and then you're just running um and so i think for me that's kind of a, a big part of it yeah what about you eric oh man i think <laughs> i have I, I got to walk today so today was my first walk since my surgery but we've really kind of been cooped up a little bit because we've been home with twin growing here. Um, so we... <laughs> i haven't run or walked or done anything yeah. other than just lay on the couch and be miserable and I had surgery. You're doing your job and you're doing yeah. it well. And Just that's all growing, that, baby. Yeah, yeah. punching for that job. So yeah. I had my, had my knee completely rebuilt six weeks ago. Okay. So I walked outside for the first time, like walk, like a purposeful walk. That was the only thing I was doing first time today. And um, it just is, it feels so different to be moving again, right? Okay. Like, and I've done this now. This is my seventh surgery. Oh, wow. And every time I return to running i feel better i feel better about myself i feel better like mentally i feel like i work better mm -hmm. um, and then every time something happens and i can't run mm -hmm. all of those things kind of reverse and go backwards um and i'm not sure it's just running but it's all those things that we talked about right like being outside moving mm -hmm. getting mm -hmm. away from the technology but for me i do those things through trail running and i i notice a distinct difference you probably notice it in me when I'm not yes. able to do those things. Very much so. Which has happened so many times. And then it actually can turn into, I mean, I guess the, the best word for it is probably depression, mm -hmm. right? Like when, um, when you define yourself as something mm -hmm. and then you can't do that thing, your mind immediately goes to, well, what are you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I will, we'll talk about it as we go on here, but like, I've had moments, like I feel like embarrassed sometimes, like, people wouldn't recognize me as a runner. Like if you're new to trails rock, if you're new to the running scene in Rochester and who's this guy standing in the parking lot, right? I'm not going out for the runs. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm just kind of there mm-hmm. and they would not ever think of me as a runner. If I meet new people because I, you know, I've gained weight. I'm not really in shape right now. People wouldn't say, Oh, I bet that person's a runner, you know, and those are things that, that are aspects of the mental health impact of our sport too, is like, how do we view ourselves? How do we define ourselves and what defines those things? Mm-hmm. And I think that stuff is um, important to talk about today too. Absolutely. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head and I, I don't, as far as where we're going next, but <laughs> referencing. Um, so one of the articles here was mental health used to be taboo in sports. These mm-hmm. research are So that's the article I'm referencing and also just experience, but because we label ourselves as such like mm-hmm. a runner. Yeah. Right. And right. what does that mean? Right. Right. So it's not only who are we, it's what we're doing under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. And we take all of our other identities and that's our primary identity. Right. And that's, and that's where we find our importance, our worth, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, and I'm not psychoanalyzing you. I'm just using this as an example, <laughs> but as soon as babies are involved, mm-hmm. you know, dad's going to float to the top. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So the identity of dad versus that of runner. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So looking at what are all of the components within our lives and where are we placing our worth? And when we don't look at every aspect with equal with right. equal weight right then when we are when one goes away mm-hmm. the the one we label most important then we are asking ourselves all of those questions like who am i without running yeah. right right yeah yeah so and then and that's where we look that's where if if we have a runner who and in this article she was addressing she had over overuse syndrome yeah yeah it was a really interesting article like yeah. the, some of the studies that were referenced and it will link it in the show notes okay and 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 she you know one of the issues you know was who was she without the running mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also when you start digging deep like why do we attribute so much of our worth to this, this one, this thing. one thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I'll reference, so I volunteered at mine, the ducks this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Right. And In it was, fun. Um, it was, it was fun. I had so much fun. I was with my niece and she is 15 years old. Okay. And so she had done like eight or nine laps. Okay. And, and it was funny to hear the ultra runners talk to her because yeah. they would say like, why didn't you do 10? And they were, they didn't mean it. And yeah. it was just, oh, so why not 10? Yeah. Right. And so, where did that put her mentally? Right. And, and of course we caught back. We're like, oh no, she did. You know, I, yeah, like, like this is impressive. rewind, you know, this, you are 15. You went from zero yeah. to eight. Yeah. Great yeah. work. But I think runners right. get in their brain yes. more enough. Is this enough? Yeah. And I had, we had runners coming off like, well, I only did 20. Only. I had yeah. to stop at 20. <laughs> you know, I, I know I could do yeah. 26 and you're like, a 20 is enough. It's a lot. And that's, and I think that's where it comes back to that enough. Yes. You know, am I enough? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the stuff you dig. I wonder how much of that comes from, uh, from social media, from things like Strava. Yeah. I was just going to say, social media. And if I, if people know you as, okay. Um, if you ran, um, muddy sneaker in two hours, even, and that went up on, on Strava and everybody commented about how great it was. But next year you run Muddy Sneaker, maybe things have happened in your life and you run it in two hours and 34 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it felt like you had a more accomplished day because maybe there was so many things going on in your life. You couldn't train as much. So you actually ran better, even though it was slow. It was 96 degrees. But you right. put that on Strava. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're putting it on Strava yeah. and you're immediately downplaying yourself saying, mm-hmm. oh, it's not what I ran last year. Yes, right? Yes. Like, so like if we weren't doing that, I wonder how we would think of ourselves as runners. Like I come from literally the, the first generation of internet um, track athletes. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through the college recruitment phase, right before me, you had newspaper clippings. But while I was in is when some of these early sites first started up where you could look across the country, across your state and see where the best runners in the mile, the best runners in the mm-hmm. 3,200, where they were ranking and you could see yourself. So as I was coming through the ranks of running, it was, it was always there. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. that component of comparison 
has always been there. And so anyone that's younger than me mm-hmm. that was a runner at any kind of level has had some sense of public comparison if they want to find it. Gotcha. Well, and I think comparison between you and other runners, but I think also comparison between what you've done in the past and mm. what you do now. Like I notice it, you talk about it sometimes. Yeah, like I used to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and now I can't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right. But you're not also not 18 anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing. Like I notice it a lot. I do it. And I notice it when other people do it, like, well, I'm going to go for a run, but I really only need to do like three or four, or I can only do three or four right now. Only quote unquote. Right, correct. And it's like, but most people will never run three or four miles like that is, but in your head, if you're an experienced ultra runner, or even if you're not an ultra runner, but mm-hmm. you're used to putting in more miles, it's like, well, three miles is really nothing. It's not that impressive, but like, yes, it is. And yeah, especially depending correct. on what you've got going on in your life at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but so I feel like comparison is what's the quote comparison is the thief of joy yeah. <laughs> and it really is. And it's, it's, tough, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, and as you folks were talking, it made me think of um, compete versus complete, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. So what is our, like, I think a lot of the folks in the community that we're in, it's a lot of complete, not compete yeah. in general, but we're competing with ourselves. Right. But what is the goal for the event? Right. Right. So, and I think if, if folks can reframe how they look at events, yep. how they look at running. Mm-hmm. Because in general, the purpose of getting into running for a lot of us in groups like Trails Rock mm-hmm. or even like Greater Rochester Track, all of the right. things yeah, like, yeah. is the camaraderie. It's the right. social, yes. you know, it's yep. those are the components. But we're looking at our times, we're looking at social media. Mm-hmm. I don't have Strava, never will. Um, you know, nope, interesting. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want it. Don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, barely look at my Coro stats, Mm -hmm. you know, so, cause you can only, you know, you can only do what you can for that day. The circumstances of the day are different. Each one from your sleep, from your nutrition, Mm -hmm. from the weather, you know, so, so you, you can never compete with even the self of last week. Right. You know, and I think those are things that if folks like the mental is mental health therapy, bringing it back to that yeah. question. Right. Um, if, or not mental health is running, running therapy, therapy. is yeah. running therapy. Running is an intervention, right? Right. Yeah. Running can help me get to my goal, but is running itself therapy? Right. I would say no. Yeah. Right. I think, um, so one of these articles that we'll link in the show notes, and, and this will be a really nice transition for us into the second half, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to read this one paragraph about this. And it's, you know, that, saying that running is therapy can stigmatize seeking help. So recognizing that your wonderful, beautiful, complex human with complicated needs takes courage. Acting on that and asking for help takes even more. So by portraying people who lace up their trail shoes, instead of reaching out for help as braver or stronger, we unintentionally send the message that running is the thing to do and you don't need help. Right. So if Mm -hmm. I can, if I can engage in this activity, this will make me better. Right. Right. Right? And I think that's the other, and it goes back to the stigma of mental health, which is in this article and I'm sure yours as well. Yeah. In that if I'm strong, if I'm strong enough, Mm -hmm. if I can do these things, I can help myself. Yeah. I don't need outside interventions. Correct. Right. I think you could probably speak to that um, (laughs) on some of your early ultras. Yeah. No, I think, um, so I have, I'm time. like, how much, how much time do we I have? have? <laughs> um, I have anxiety pretty bad and I don't think I acknowledged it early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were first, when I was first training for ultras, I definitely was experiencing anxiety. And I think I used running sometimes as a crutch. Sometimes it was a good thing, mm-hmm. but sometimes it was not a good thing. Um, and the reason that I think I kind of realized that it wasn't always a good thing is because when I stopped running ultras, all of a sudden it was like, I couldn't sleep at night and my brain would never turn off. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was bad. It was Mm -hmm. really bad. And so I finally talked to the doctor about it. And the doctor was like, it sounds like you have some generalized anxiety. So, you know, if you're comfortable with it, I think we should start on some meds. Um, and I initially said no, because Mm -hmm. 
that stigma, I think I was like, I don't need meds. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the more people I talked to, the more people I realized there's a, there's a lot of people that are on depressed, uh, depression medication and anxiety meds. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's a huge, um, a huge thing. And so I think it was like a whole nother year. And when I went back to the doctor, she asked how things were going. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I'm like, you know, when I was running 50 miles a week, I could sleep. And she's like, you shouldn't need to run 50 miles. You were exhausting yourself. Yeah, she's like, you shouldn't need to run 50 miles a week to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to sleep at night. And if you can't, then we have to figure out what's going on. Um, And so we started meds and it helped. I mean, I think like, you know, within a week, Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Right. Um, and then that in conjunction with therapy. Yes. So I um, got a therapist mm-hmm. and I think she said the same thing, you know, like one of the first times she's like, you shouldn't need to run 50 miles to, to like calm down or to, you know, to have a moment of peace on the trail. Like mm-hmm. she's like, I'm glad that you're he- healthy and happy. I'm glad this makes you happy, but also... Like we have to get to the root of why you're not sleeping at night and why your brain can't ever turn off. Mm-hmm. It's kind um, of like it was just covering up mm-hmm. for you rather than treating. It's not treating anything. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side of that, I do think, I mean, I think this has been proven in studies. Like I think you do feel better if you're out running or moving your body, mm-hmm. you're outside in nature, like all these things that we've talked about. Um, so I think being honest with yourself about mm-hmm. kind of like, what, what's your reason? What's your why? Yeah. What's, you know, looking for your why? Yes. And yeah. And running and exercise, you know, we know, we know it releases endorphins and right. uh, uh, endocannabinoids. Um, <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Um, we know it releases those things and we know we feel better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's proven. Right. But the, the question and, and they also say in here, doctors can do a, a better a job as far as instead of asking, are you exercising? Asking how much yes. are you exercising? Because that can tell you so much about a person, right? You know, not only just physiologically. Because I know whenever I get blood work, my liver enzymes are through the roof because <laughs> of you know my muscles are breaking down because I run so much. Right. So then she knows that. Right. But it also gives them an insight into okay, so what's going on, you know, yeah, looking right. at the whole per the biopsychosocial model, looking at everything of the person, who this person is. Correct. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the social part. And also you brought up a good point in regards to medications, because I think in this so- social media, somewhat of a link, but the magic pill, mm-hmm. like you do need, people need the therapy to yes. understand like yeah. medica- medications help, but piggyback that with talk therapy yeah. and in whatever way that works best for you. Yeah. And I think since I've started, I've been like a huge proponent. I'm like, everybody should be doing this. <laughs> Even if you feel good, you should be getting therapy. Like you yeah. should be building a relationship with someone outside of, outside of your life, because it's one thing to talk to a friend, but your friend is your friend. And so, you know, sometimes it's helpful to just have somebody you know, unbiased. My, yeah. Like my that objective yes. person. And like, sometimes she'll, you know, she'll be like, you're absolutely correct. That was, you know, something that somebody did to you that was really not okay. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes though, she'll be like, how could you have done that differently to make that situation better? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, if you're talking to just your friends about things, sometimes you're not always going to get that I don't know. Objective. Yeah. That yeah. Objective feedback because right. folks are like, I have a lot of folks when we talk about people doing therapy that, well, I have friends I talk to, yeah. right. right. I used to work for visiting nurses and I was a home-based social worker. Right. So we would talk about linking folks with, well, I talked to my sister. I talked to my brother. Right. It's like, it's not the same. Right. Right. They're not going to give you back what they're going to give you back what you want to hear. Yep. You know, not what you may need to yeah. know. Yeah. Or even, I mean, sometimes I think if you know somebody really, really well, um, yeah, I'm I'm on the clock, but I think sometimes if you know somebody really well, even if you're trying to be honest with them, you're still biased. Like you still have other Mm -hmm. things in your mind. So the whole world of background that you know about that person. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a good spot for a break in sense of, you know, I think we came to a kind of a consensus that running is not therapy, 
um, but can be utilized as part of (laughs) getting through things. Coping skills and interventions. Exactly. Yes. So um, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the, we each sort of searched for an article on like trail running and mental health. And we'll talk a little bit about the ones that we found. We'll link them in the show notes and we'll, we'll talk why, why they hit home for us and maybe along the lines that'll hit home for you. Um, and I said at the beginning and I'll say it before the break and then I'll say it at the end is (laughs) if you are struggling with something, you should talk to someone. And if that means you need to talk to us to get it started, you can do that. Um, you know how to get hold of, of us, but if not, please reach out to somebody that you trust. And with that, we'll be right back. All right, we're back from break. All right, so we're going to spend the second half of this episode kind of really diving into mental health even more. Um, And so before we get into it, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about why we feel like this is such an important conversation to have. So Lauren, why do you think talking about these things is so important? Well, I we talk about it a lot, destigmatizing mental health mm-hmm. and um, even the reframing of the mental illness versus mental health, right. which is a right. person with mental health right? or mental wellness. Mm-hmm. I like that reframe oh, as like well, too, right? Yeah. yeah. So my mental wellness. Yeah. Um, and I think by normalizing the conversation, it allows other people to identify, hey, this is an area where I I need some help. I want to reach Mm. out. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Right. Um, And one of the articles we were talking about, the the one that said mental health used to be taboo in sports, these researchers are changing that, Mm -hmm. was all focused on like NCAA, um, international track, like getting the psychologists and even people like social media wise, I folks heard of Dr. Michael Gervais. I don't know if you, Mm -hmm. he does finding mastery podcast. He's the psych, uh, psychologist for the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. right? So the Seahawks have a huge mental health, you know? So if we, again, normalize this, folks aren't going to be afraid to ask for help. And, there was yeah. um, there was actually a wellness check today oh. on John Morant, who's a superstar in the NBA. Really? He's had some issues recently, so he's going to be suspended for some photos with, um, oh, the gun? with guns, right? Oh, that's right, um, yes. But he posted a bunch of stuff on social media oh. today basically saying goodbye. Oh, no. And um, then he wasn't responding. Oh, so okay. they actually, the police went to do a police. wellness check on yeah. him. So, but that's something that probably would have happened. A wellness check is something that we might not have done even just five, 10 years ago. We might've heard a horrible story in the news instead, you know, right. Oh, he, all these signs, but we didn't do anything. Right. And then attribute, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but attributing like um, gender roles mm-hmm. and gender norms right. Right. when yeah. discussing mm-hmm. mental health. Right. So, you know, gender norm in regards, how does a male athlete act, yeah. right? Or, or that's just this, right? right? Not that it is just that, mm-hmm. but that's how the world might have viewed it or could have. Right. Yeah. And, and we even as ultra runner, runners, trail runners, heavy ultra, yeah. but um, we use, this is our coping skill. Right. And so when is it not healthy? Right. Right. And that's, and that's when does it cross the line? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So in this article, um, they were saying exercise isn't a panacea or a cure-all. It can be a really important coping strategy Mm -hmm. for things like depression or anxiety. And for some people it can be enough, but the intensity or severity of the mental health challenge the person is facing matters. Right. The exercise may indeed be helping somewhat, but you may need more support from an experienced clinician. Just mm-hmm. because you train a lot doesn't make you <laughs> immune from mental health issues. Right. Yeah, that's true. Right. And I think, I mean, mental health issues are, are things that probably everybody at some point in their life deals with. Like, I, I don't think that anybody gets out of this life without having some issue at some point, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because life is hard and, and emotions are hard. And I think the more we talk about it, then the easier it gets for other people to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like all of these things that are quote unquote taboos, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I know like for us personally, like infertility is such a taboo. Like we don't talk Mm -hmm. about that. We don't talk about miscarriage Um, and, when I started talking about it and then I realized how many people, you know, people would send messages on the side and be like, Oh yeah, me too. And I'm like, Oh my God, really? Mm -hmm. 
And just knowing that I wasn't the only one that was going through that made me feel so much better because I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the same thing with, with mental health. Like I was dealing with this anxiety and I really didn't say anything. And then like, I started talking about it a little bit, just asking like, Hey, has anybody ever been on anxiety meds before mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. doctor puts me on anything? Like what worked for you? What was like, mm -hmm. absolutely don't go on that. I know everybody's different. Think, right. They're brain um, yep. Yeah, but I was just curious, like kind of where people were. Um, and just the number of people that were like, oh yeah, no, I'm on blah, blah, blah. Like I've mm -hmm. been on this for a long time. And I was like, oh, so I'm not the only one. That, right. Because right, sometimes yeah. you feel like you're like losing it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think talking about these types of things, like you're saying, it destigmatizes it, it normalizes it, and it, it makes you more able, I guess, to, to reach out for help. Right. And there's a certain confidence level that comes with asking for help too. Right. Right. And I think that's the other um, stigma, asking for help yeah. like it is a Absolutely. sign of weakness. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I think one of the things when you ask for help and you get it and mm -hmm. it works, right. It's yeah. a, it's a true game changer. And you said something that I wanted to come back to. You were saying how life is hard and we have to get through. There's a social worker. Her name is Nicole Sachs. She has podcasts and all kinds of things. She's fantastic. And she always says life is a choice between what hurts and what hurts more. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so you're making these decisions. Right. They're never going to. I mean, and I also think that's a huge problem in that people have this um, thought process about what happy is and what life yeah. should be. Yes. Right. And I'm going to be happy when mm -hmm. or and, and uh, social media. Me, I right? was just going to say, yeah. right. Only like, I had. You're getting the best social media. You're right. getting the best of everyone. Right. right? So mm -hmm. so that also is a huge a, a huge, uh, it plays a huge impact on mental health. Right. But it comes back to the comparisons too. But yeah, so like looking at, at those things and the comfort in community, the comfort mm -hmm. in a group, um, and that kind of doubles into like types of therapy. And I don't know, Eric, if there was something else you'd wanted to say before I went in. No, I'm enjoying yeah. the conversation. Okay. All right. So, so when folks, so, need help and they reach out to a therapist sometimes folks a have never done this or b sometimes have had bad therapists right it yeah. happens right mm -hmm. or just somebody you don't match with correct like, there's your energetic mismatch right. like if i'm coming in hyper aroused and you're hypo aroused right. like you know yeah. there's right. gonna it's not gonna, not gonna work, work. Well, right exactly yeah. yeah you know you got charlie brown's teacher and you know maybe woodstock yeah. you know, <laughs> so, you know yeah. two different two different things so you ha don't be afraid to try on different therapists. Don't mm -hmm. be afraid to interview therapists. Um, some of the resources that we'll be putting out, one of them is Psychology Today, and they all have their little bios mm -hmm. and you can see what they focus on. But there's different types of therapy, too. And a lot of folks, because of the Internet and because of Google, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're very familiar with some of the things I'm going to list. But, you know, the first one is using like cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. So with that one, you're looking at um, how are we thinking about things um, what is our behavior? So if I can change the way I, my behavior, I can change the way I think that's, mm -hmm. that's the mm -hmm. cliff notes version. Mm -hmm. And it looks at like cognitive distortion. So black and white thinking, overgeneralizing, mm -hmm. personalizing, you know, i I did bad at this one race. Therefore I'm going to do bad at all of yeah, my races. Like I suck. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, therefore I suck. Right. Yeah. Um, or personalization, you know, um, so-and-so didn't say hi to me at the race. They hate me. It's on me. Right. Yeah. So these are, there's 10 cognitive distortions, 10 to 12, depending what list Aaron Beck put them out there. And most folks can pick them out what they're using. Yeah. So right. a therapist might do cognitive behavioral sort of interventions. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also internal family systems therapies. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't know if you're, if you guys are familiar with, uh, so, um, so the idea of internal family systems, it's a psychotherapy. Every human being is a system of protected and wounded inner parts led by a core self. And it helps us identify and access those inner parts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you're acting in a certain way, that's a part of you right. that's mm -hmm. doing it to protect you. Right. So if I am compulsively 
let's say using exercise, you know, maybe that right. might be a protective part of myself. Mm -hmm. And again, this is all very personalized. So yes. I'm speaking in generalities. Right. This may not be it. These are just examples related right, to right. the therapy. Um, and there's dialectical behavioral therapy. A lot of folks have heard of this one. Um, emotional regulation, interpersonal relationships, and mindfulness is used. Marsha Linehan developed dialectical behavioral therapy. And I had read somewhere she wished she could have called it cognitive behavioral, but that <laughs> oh, was taken. You know, so it's just another type of therapy where they're folding in more mindfulness and emotion. Okay. Um, and then there's one that I have. Um, a personal experience with it's called pain reprocessing therapy hmm. and this is a system of techniques to retrain the brain to reinterpret and respond differently to signals of pain interesting yeah so um the the cliff notes version on that is um like for neuroscience you probably heard the term what fires together wires together okay right yep. so um, and I'm going to use this example and hopefully it doesn't blow up your um, Instagram feed or Facebook <laughs> feed, plantar fasciitis. Yep. So, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So folks might, they, if you read the literature on plantar fasciitis, it'll say you can have it for four months or 10 years. Right. Right. right? And right. so you're like, okay, like, is now there, what? <laughs> now this might not be for everyone. I'm speaking from personal experience and from the experiences of patients I've, I've seen yep. and worked right. with. It's that, is there a possibility that that is learned pain? Yes. Hmm, right? Yes. So if, so you, you have planter, it's real, Yeah. but it will heal. Right. So after so many months has the, the, um, you stepping down on your foot and that pain sensation wired together where yeah. the pain is not, the cause isn't in your foot. It's the wiring it's in the your wiring. brain. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. There's, a, um, there's huh. a book called the great pain deception. Okay. Um, and it's, I'll put it in the show notes, but the concept is exactly the same with yeah. your back. So people with back pain will go in and get an x-ray and they'll say, Oh my God, look at your compression on this spine here. And then somebody without back pain will go in and have the exact yep. same or worse compression Nothing. with no pain. And the, and the concept really is that you've got some sort of emotional pain somewhere and that's in your head. Mm -hmm. And so what your brain needed to do to protect itself is it projects yep. onto your body Correct. and it says, Hey, focus over here on this thing. Right. And your body and your brain started to say, well, my back hurts. Mm -hmm. And then all my focus is on my back. I'm going for x-rays, MRIs, doctors, injections, all these things. Mm -hmm. But really it was because uh, my girlfriend dumped me in eighth grade, <laughs> you know, right. and I never got over it. <laughs> uh, you know, mm -hmm. that's that sort of thing. Um, obviously that's simplifying it. No, and I, I don't know if you read. wanted to get me on this topic, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I have read many a book. And I don't know who wrote that one, but Sarno, Schubner, Sarno Clark. Sarno wrote it, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Sarno's got four books. Yeah. I, I, that's probably the only, yeah. I love this topic. Yeah. I can talk this topic all day. Yeah. Um, but yes, so that you hold traumas and that you yeah. can't, not can't, it is um, safer mm -hmm. for you to express your trauma in physical, physical pain, pain than it is to discuss the trauma or feel the feeling. Mm. Right. right. And that's where something like an internal family system psychotherapy yeah. could help. That's or, I was just going to ask that seems yeah, kind of or connected. Yeah. Intensive short-term psychodynamic therapy is another yeah. therapy that's used with specifically I'm pointing at the computer chronic pain <laughs> patients. Yeah. Right. So there's a great book. If any, if this topic is resonating with anyone, it's called unlearn your pain by Dr. Howard Schubner. It's a workbook. It's a 30 day. It's, it looks big. It's a lot of yeah. internal questioning and journaling, but it's yeah. fast, fascinating. I, I'm really glad that you kind of brought that one up. Um, so I read an article about chronic, mine is about chronic illness and running and how those kind of go hand mm -hmm. in hand. Um, and I have a chronic illness in ulcerative colitis. Um, and I think one of the things that comes up a lot is you get the, well, you don't look sick, mm -hmm. you know, especially when I was in really good shape and I was racing really hard and running really fast, but that didn't mean that I was ever comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, your, your brain is playing a number of games on you, right? It's one, if you're having a bad day, you're going to have a built-in excuse. Well, I've got colitis, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I just, I couldn't run hard today or two, 
if you didn't perform well, but other people are praising you anyway, and they're not seeing because it's an invisible disease, essentially, right? Unless they're in the bathroom with you, you know what I mean? You can't see some of these things. It's not a broken leg. It's I'm not using crutches or, or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, cast. Mm -hmm. I am sick internally on those, you know, on those days. And so I think it's hard to um, break those down. And and for folks that want to live in this world of the ultra well, which is what we are as runners Mm -hmm. considered, right? Like, look at how healthy and strong and fit Mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. But you're also in this world of the ultra sick, you get into a weird spot. Like if you have to go in for biological, you know, biological medicine, and Mm -hmm. you've got an IV in your arm, you're basically getting chemo. And you're in a room full of people that are sick and wheelchairs and and that could be happening with folks that have a class, but they also could go run next month. Right. You know, right, yep. and, and people tend to downplay where you are on that. And so it's just a real interesting intersection. Mm-hmm. And I think it plays a big part on, you know, that mental health of those folks that are living in that world. So um, that one sort of hit home to me as you're talking about these things. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what this article is. It's straight up saying it. So. Um, for folks that live in that world with me, we'll put that one into the show notes too and say, hey, um, you're not alone on that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. are, I feel like we're all interconnected. I think, you know, that's the other thing. You're, you're going through all these different types of therapy that people have options of. And what hit home to me is that there's all those different types of people too. Right. So mm-hmm. that like, I've got people with a bevy of different mm-hmm. things going on in their lives who come from a bevy of different backgrounds mm-hmm. that are going to fit into one of these things. And that's why I think you would talk to shop around or interview. Oh, your, interview your ther- yeah. yeah, because this matters yeah. is finding the one that's going to work for you. So if mm-hmm. a cognitive didn't work, right. Well, maybe that's not the realm that you're in. Right. And it may, and it may not work and it may not resonate for you. Yeah. And it also it's timing too. Like, why are you choosing therapy at this at moment? This moment right. right. And are what are you, what are you? Cause therapy, ideally, a therapist client relationship, the clients, to use a football analogy, the client should be on the 80 and the therapist is on the 20. (laughs) Right. And I think sometimes folks go into therapy thinking the therapist is on the 80 and they're on the 20. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think as long as if you have a, a good therapist that can explain to you the roles and work with you on, on that, um, what your role in therapy is, right? You know, that's also a big part of it, and the energetic match, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, are there any other? I guess we said running is like a coping mechanism. Are there mm-hmm. other things that you would say are recommendations for people who are realizing maybe or already knew that they need some help? Like other than therapy, are there any other things that you Oh, as far recommend? as coping skills? Yeah. And- so I think folks, so when they're, when they're looking at their running and if like one of the questions is like, am I running too much? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the tried and true things, they're tried and true for a reason, journaling. Yep. Right. So if, if some folks aren't writers, mm-hmm. you can do a one sentence journal. You yeah. can do a two sentence journal. It's a lot of folks... And especially in this community, it's all, it's like, I'm going to write 10 pages, yeah. you know, but I hate writing, yeah. you know, so or like, I don't have time because I'm running. Correct. Right. So is it one sentence? Right. And, you know, relooking at these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's many different self-care things. Like sometimes folks, meditation is really hard for runners yeah. in general, just sitting but, you know, is there a 10 minute yoga program you yep. can do? You know, so there are these little self-care things. And I think we just have to be mindful that we don't have to do ultra self-care, yeah. right? <laughs> right. It does not have to be ultra self-care. It can be couch to 5K self-care. Yeah. And that is self-care. That's a good point. Yeah. So, really and point. I think because we, we think in extremes, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm putting myself yeah. in that boat as well. Yeah. I think that's, it's interesting too, when you talked about like, I'm going to run all these, these miles. And one of the things that I came across was that the body doesn't know miles. It knows stress, right? It's it doesn't care. So like, you know, different miles of matter for different people. Right. So what, what kind of stress are you putting on yourself? And that includes what's going on in our brains. Like it doesn't know 
Like some people can handle way more stress than other people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make them any nope. better or worse than each other, yeah. but the body only knows what it knows. And the, mm -hmm. the mind is kind of the same thing. So we're all di built differently that way. And perception. I right. mean, yeah. that's everything. So, right. and if you're looking at your, your history, your family history, you know, your perception of event, same exactly thing you're saying, we could both see a car accident. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, oh, it's a bad car accident. I'm going to work. Right. I'm going to be like, oh my God, there's a car accident. What happened? Yeah. And what happened in my history that that's going to affect me? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. How about you? What did you, what did you read today or <laughs> over the course of the week? So the article that I picked is titled mental health is health. Let's treat it. And it kind of talked about a lot of the things that we've already touched on just about how, um, you know, the, the stigmatization of mental health um, and how, we should be able to talk openly about what we're going through and then how we're handling it and, and what the options are. And um, I really liked, there was a quote in it. Let me, I'm just pulling it up now. Um, but there was a quote in the article that I thought was really interesting. Um, he's, it's David Roche wrote the article um, and he said, it would be bonkers if the same logic was applied to physical health as mental health. Imagine our old compound fracture friend walking around with a bone sticking out only to have someone say to them, my problem worked out just fine without treatment. <laughs> um, and it just like, it made me laugh. And Rub then it also made it. me kind of think because I, you know, everything that we're talking about, like people are so different and what bothers me and what makes me need to seek help. Maybe somebody else is totally fine with, mm -hmm. and maybe something that that person really is struggling with is something that doesn't bother me. Right. Um, and so this idea of, I guess, comparing yourself to other people, yeah. like mm -hmm. you just can't do it. I really um, like the title of the article that you found. Mental health is health, right? And that was the other I thing I wanted that, to talk about. Yeah, we're, we've kind of, we, we hide from that sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, we, mm -hmm. we hide it. Yes. Yeah, and I think, um, I think saying that it is health, you know, it's it's just like, when you think about how health insurance doesn't cover your eye care or your right, dental right, care. Right. And then like a lot of health insurances maybe don't always cover mental health care. Or the like, co-pays are just out <laughs> of control. And so it's like all of those things though are, are connected. And then if we go back to talking about how your mind and your body are connected. And so things that are happening in your body can be affected by your mental health and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not taking care of all of those different parts of us, you know, mm -hmm. what's happening to the other, you know, the other parts, right? Because and, it's all interconnected. Yeah. And as you were it made me think about, um, well, you just made me think about internal family systems when you said all the parts of us, but yeah. <laughs> also, um, looking at generational mm. views of mm. mental health. Yes. Cause so, as you were saying, like reaching out for help and, and we shouldn't have to ask for help. So I'm 52. So I come from the suck it up buttercup yep. generation, right. right? Just suck it up, get through, right. you know, you're not very earnest. You're not talking about your emotions. I mean, there's literally terms like suck it up, buttercup, yes. yes. rub some dirt on it, which yeah. I said a minute ago. Yeah. Like if you break a leg, it's <laughs> right. like, they literally were like, just tough it out. A little dirt never hurt. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Or if yeah. anyone follows David Goggins, that's just enough said. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. It's just tough it out. Yeah. Go, go through yeah, it. That's fine. working out well. Well, actually, well, he actually now he has started talking about his mental health, which yeah. I'm pretty impressed about. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So there is some good stuff. There. Yeah. He's going to yeah. have another book to sell, I guess. Uh, that, it's probably this <laughs> But so, yeah. Me, but, me and, and, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, again, looking at that, like the person you're talking to and just being mindful of the generational differences, yes. because yeah. I mean, a 20 something now, mm -hmm. like, or even younger, they're talking about mental yes. health. Right. Yeah. So the pendulum is mm -hmm. swinging all the way to the other end. Right. So where, where do you fall on that? Right. That and how comfortable are you? Yeah. Correct. Culturally too. It's, um, yes, I know. Yes, Cause yes. I work with, um, kids from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we have to talk to parents about, you know, concerns that we have, like de depending on their culture, families yeah. may or There's may no not problem. be, There's no problem. yeah, they may mm -hmm. or may not yeah. be comfortable talking about it. They might not want to seek help. They might not want to even have a conversation and, and with somebody outside of their family. Right? If you try to say that right. somebody has a disability, 
we view it differently here than maybe somebody in like the Middle East would view it. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, there's a they would view it more as a problem, right. maybe. I'm mm -hmm. generalizing, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. those things are real. Those cultural things are real. But yeah, so I think like you're saying, knowing who you're who you're talking to and where you come from, yes. and like having awareness of your background, which is something else that I think therapy can help with. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like I know my therapist and I have talked extensively about my family and the way that I was raised mm -hmm. and and like sometimes she'll bring things up and I'm like, "Oh, I never thought of it that way." And she's like, "I she's like, you know, I don't know, but it seems like maybe this is why you do this this behavior like right. this was what you did as a kid and now you do this thing as an adult." And they help you make those that's Connections. the best part because yeah. Good therapy is the connection piece. It's, right. it's me listening to what you're saying and saying, hey, is that this part of you? Right. Yeah. Right. Did you ever consider? Right. Yeah. So what do you think about this? Yeah. Or what is this part saying? Can we right. talk to this part? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's very, it's mm -hmm. wonderful and fascinating and all the things. Yes. And then if we wanted to bring it full circle with, we started with essentially Running is not therapy was a consensus. <laughs> An intervention. But you, you can go to all these, right? And that therapist can help you make some of these connections. And while you're out on that long run you can with your friends, and yeah. you can you can work through it. You can talk through it yeah. with your friends. You can share and say, hey, when I was talking to my therapist on Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. And by doing that, who knows if somebody in that group who's been struggling yes. says, man, I really have admired this person for a long time. They have a therapist and maybe they make the phone call. Yeah, right? I didn't, I didn't know that. Because we yeah. talked about Correct. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really what this is about for us mm -hmm. um, is, is saying to people, hey, if you need something, call someone. Yes, you ask know? for help. And, and there's yeah. no weakness in vulnerability. So and with, yeah. with that, I think what we have, you have a, a bunch of um, local mental health resources. You know, when your run just isn't enough, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to put a lot of those in the show notes. We're going to put a bunch of phone numbers up actually on our social media posts about mm -hmm. this for, you know, uh, I look at our analytics and we've got some people from all over the country and all over the oh, world listening. Fine. Hey, the phone numbers won't be relevant to you, but but maybe they could be relevant to finding the ones where you live. I was just about it. to say well, that, organizations. And I, there's some psychology today. Yes. You just have to put your, put zip, your zip code, code in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to pop up some resources for right near where you live. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put those all in there. So um, when it comes to the Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, I'm really glad that we're able to spend time talking yeah. today. I have a couple more questions. One more is what's next for you running wise? Oh. And then I'll share about what's next for us. Oh, sure. I um my goal is to run the Erie Canal, like in its entirety, not okay. at once. Uh, so I would like to do, I just did a four day. So I would like to do maybe two day to get a little further yeah. somewhere. And then I do have a hundred scheduled at the end of August. Awesome. Nice. Yes. You want to share which one that is? Oh, sure. Foxtail and okay. um, Dundas, Ontario. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nice, it's a larger loop. It's six loops. So okay. you don't have to All worry right. about crew. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only like two and a half hour, three hour drive. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to hear how it goes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess for us, um, I started walking again today. So um, hopefully June 12th is my maybe run a few steps day. Um, so I'll do this for the millionth time. You know, they say, don't call to come back. I'm like, really? Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> like, I've done this too many times. So, um, but for Trails Rock, or do you want to talk about what's next for you? We know what's next for you. I was just going to say, I'm just, I'm in a holding pattern. Just, just, just an incubator <laughs> maybe you're, Yeah, maybe your running steps will be somewhere in a hospital. Yeah, that's the, that's like the, running, we should make a wager. What will happen first? Will I run or will Sheila give birth? June 12th is the day I'm going to plan on running. So people can make their wagers. We'll put a question. Yeah. Let people that's vote. Fantastic. So, and then for Trails Rock, we've got just a minute left here. But for Trails Rock, um, we've got Mafamidal coming up um and that's in june also happening in june um as part of the trail runner of the year series is the frost town trail fest mm -hmm. um registration for that is open um and the information can be found on our website or the cummings nature center website um and that's a really neat race and then in july we have um, many on the jenny so i'll put it out there the wait list is moving so if you've been yes. if you've been hesitating because there's a wait list put your name on it yeah and uh, run happens. some miles because you might get in mm -hmm. and um you just never know so it has had some movement lately so feel free to hop on to that so and if you would like to volunteer get yeah. at me 
Well, we have, we'll set something up on ultra sign up if you want to volunteer. Yeah. Perfect. So, all right. So that's that for today. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. My thank pleasure. you everybody that was listening. Hopefully yep. this helped. And next week with one minute to go here, um, next week we're going to bring on Barry Cherney for what we will call quote, I used to be a runner. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about cycling. So oh, that, that's what we'll do go. next and week. And the Bacon Aid Station. That's right. The Bacon, bacon Aid Station. So think about that. I used to be a runner and the Bacon Aid Station. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank Adios. you. Sounds right.